Uh, there's some that don't believe in God. Uh, some believe that uh, it took a long time to make the heavens and the earth. But I believe that it took six days to do it. And he rested on the seventh. That's what I believe. I believe that the voice of the Lord is so strong and so powerful. He's creative. And he just made it like that. He spoke it. And it was made out of things, the Bible says, which do not appear. Things that we do not see. He made things that we see. That's our God. That's the voice of the Lord. And I want you to see something else about the voice of the Lord is convicting. If you find, first of all, Psalms, I'll tell you what, I'll give you that verse. If you turn to Isaiah chapter 2, and we're going to look at this passage beginning with verse 10. The voice of the Lord is convicting. It's convicting. It's not only creative, but it's convicting. In Psalm 29, 5, it says, The voice of the Lord breaketh the cedars, yea, the Lord breaketh the cedars of Lebanon. Now, this is a picture of something that God's doing that's described here in Isaiah chapter 2, verse 10. How many are there already? Isaiah chapter 2, verse 10. Listen to this. It says, Enter into the rock and hide thee in the dust for fear of the Lord, for the glory of his majesty. The lofty looks of man shall be humbled, and the haughtiness of men shall be bowed down. And the Lord alone shall be exalted in that day. For the day of the Lord of hosts shall be upon every one that is proud and lofty, and upon every one that is lifted up, and he shall be brought low, and upon all the cedars of Lebanon. There was something about the cedars of Lebanon that people were proud about, because it said that are high and lifted up, and upon all the oaks of Bashan, and upon all the high ships of Tarshish, and upon all the pleasant pictures. The loftiness of man shall be bowed down, and the haughtiness of men shall be made low, and the Lord alone shall be exalted in that day. The voice of the Lord is convicting. It, it convicts people of their pride, and it brings them down, just like the cedars of Lebanon uh, were brought down, and just like the mighty trees are brought down. There was a tree on our property uh, fell early. In fact, uh, I think it was around September a year ago. And it was uh, a huge red oak tree and stood up on the hillside above uh, the road. And uh, right at that point is where the power line crossed. Our electric went off and I didn't realize what had happened. But uh, when I went outside later on in the morning, you know, it wasn't unusual for our electric to go off. And uh, I went outside, and I heard chainsaws, and they were up the road from me. And so I went up there, and here was the state uh, people cutting this tree, the top of this tree to fall across the road, hit the power line, and knock the power out. A huge uh, oak tree. It was uh, probably that big around, about like that, and uh, very tall. And uh, I, I thought about... What in the world would bring that tree down? And then I realized that uh, some ants, little little ants, well, they were about a half an inch long, I guess, but they weren't the smallest of ants, but they're wood ants. And they'd worked on the bottom of that tree. In fact, they'd gotten way up in that tree and hollowed it out. And uh, the tree looked good on the outside, but, but down it came. And... Uh, well, I've, I've gone by that tree, and I've seen that tree. That's a mighty tree, and that's a big tree. And 
I could have been proud of that tree, but you know, just a little ant brought that tree down. And God, uh, through his voice, uh, brings conviction in the hearts of people that are proud. He brings them down through the preaching of his word, and it causes them to see who they really are, that really in his sight, we're nothing. Really in his sight, uh, he says that the nations are a drop in the bucket. They're, they're really nothing. And yet we're so proud about what we can do and the pieces of equipment that we've made and the things we're doing in space. And, and God's able to bring us down. His voice is convicting to the point of causing people to be humbled. And the loftiness of man shall be bowed down and the haughtiness of men shall be made low and the Lord alone shall be exalted in that day. That's why Jesus Christ said, if you want to come to me, you must come as a little child. You must humble yourself and put yourself down where you belong to realize that in yourself you cannot do anything without the power of God. You must come to him and realize that you're a sinner and uh, you have to have the, the convicting of the Holy Spirit to convict you of your pride. I want you to see uh, something else about the voice of the Lord. Go to 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. And uh, not, not only is the voice of the Lord creative and convicting, but it's consuming. Psalm 29, 7 says, The voice of the Lord divides the flames of fire. What does it mean to divide the flames of fire? I think I have an idea. I remember one time when I was a little boy, my father was gone and my older brother was there and uh, I guess my sister is just older than me and my mother decided that we were going to burn the, it's called broom sage. We call it broom sage. It's a kind of a grass that grows up in the field and turns kind of yellow in the fall and I guess they used to make brooms out of it but it'll take over a field and and nothing else can grow and so uh, she decided she was going to burn that field off and we were going to plant corn in there I think is what it was and it was in the spring and she uh, uh, had us dig around the field and try to make sure that the fire wouldn't get out to another field and wouldn't get off to the neighbor's property but when we set that field of fire, it did start to spread. And we fought on the upper side of that field to keep it from going up to the neighbor's property. And it, it divided. It not only, uh, the, flames, the flames not only took over that field we set on fire, but the fire divided. And I've seen that do that. You know, the flames just like a split. And it went across the other field next uh, to the one we were working on, which was on our property. I remember standing there and watching this haystack just go up in flames and smoke. It spread across that field and went over and burnt that haystack. And I thought about that when it says here, the voice of the Lord divided the flames of fire. He spreads the fire. And in 2 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 7, it says, And to you who are troubled, rest with us. When the Lord uh, Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels, in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God and obey not the voice of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power, when he shall come uh, to be uh, glorified in his saints and be admired in all them that believe, because our testimony among you was believed in that day. He says here in verse 8, he's, in flaming fire he's going to take vengeance on them that know not God. 
and obey not the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank God today if you've obeyed the gospel of Jesus Christ. And what is it to obey the gospel? It's to believe it. It's to accept it as your only way of salvation. That is uh, obeying the gospel. In Deuteronomy 32.22, it says, For fire is kindled in my anger, and shall burn in low, unto the lowest hell, and shall consume the earth with its increase, and shall set on fire the foundations of the mountains. The fire of God, it's a consuming fire. The voice of the Lord divideth the flames. It's a, his voice is a consuming fire. On those that reject the gospel, on those that decide to live wickedly and depart uh, from God. But then I want you to see also that the voice of the Lord controls. I want you to listen to this verse. Turn to Job chapter 39, verse 1 through 3. The voice of the Lord is creative. It's convicting. It's consuming. And the voice of the Lord controls. The voice of the Lord maketh the hinds to calve, and discovereth the forest. And in his temple doth everyone speak of his glory. In Psalm 29, 9. Now, some people believe that because of the things that's previously discussed and about the uh, way that uh, the sound of the cracking of the trees and so on and the thunder and the whatever, earthquake and so on, uh, causes the hinds to calve. The hinds is a, is a type of deer, to my understanding. But I believe that the voice of the Lord tells those animals exactly when to have their young. Because in Job 39, 1 through 3, it says, Knowest thou the time when the wild goats of the rock bring forth? Or canst thou mark when the hinds do calve? Canst thou number the months that they fulfill? Or knowest thou the time when they bring forth? They bow themselves, they bring forth their young ones, they cast out their sorrows. If you go on in verse 26 and 28, it says, Does the hawk fly? By thy wisdom, and stretch your wings toward the south. Does the eagle mount up at the command, at thy command, and make her nest on high? Uh, she dwelleth and abideth on the rock, upon the crag of the rock, and the strong place. So, uh, here I believe there's evidence that God is the one who, behind the scenes, causes these animals to bring forth exactly when they're supposed to. That he works behind the scenes and uh, causes the hawk to fly. He says, by, does a hawk fly by your wisdom? He's talking to Job. Does he stretch forth his wings to the south? And when he does that, does he do it at your wisdom? Is he the one that, is Job the one? Does he command? He says, does the eagle mount up at thy command and make her nest on high? God tells the eagle when to go and where to go to make her nest. Isn't that why it says? He's asking Job, are you the one that commands these things? He's trying to show, show Job how little he really knows and how little his power is. He's trying to get him to admit that God is the one who's in control. So the voice of the Lord controls. I personally believe he controls everything. Therefore, we have no worry, do we? We really don't have a worry about these things that happen to us. 
Because God knows all about it and there's a reason why everything happens in your life. God is in control. His voice is in control. How does he communicate that to an eagle to tell him to go up on the crag of a rock and build his nest up there and to lay its eggs? How does he do that? I don't know, but according to what he told Job, it's at his command. So if he does one eagle, he does to all eagles. If he does to one hawk, he does to all hawks. If he does it to one bird, if he does it to a robin, he does it to all robins. If he does it to a tufted titmouse, he does it to all tufted titmouses, mices, mices. What is the proper word? Whatever. You see the control that the Lord has, and what are you worried about this morning? What are you bothered about? God knows all about it. The thing of it is, we need to humble ourselves before him, admit who he is. If we're not saved, get saved. Give our life over to him. He'll take us out when he gets ready. The very hairs of your head are all numbered. He knows all about that. Not a sparrow falls to the ground that he doesn't know about. Isn't that a mighty God? And think about Adam and Eve had the privilege of walking on this earth with him. I don't know how he appeared. I, I, I don't know, but he, it was just spirit and they knew he was there. I don't know. But they had the privilege of walking with him. And we have the privilege of walking with him today when we're covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. And glory to God and hallelujah. Then uh, the voice of the Lord is calm to his children. It's calm. I think about it, Elijah when he was running from a Jezebel and went up there Mount Horeb and went up in that cave and the Lord called him out and said what are you doing here what doest thou here Elijah I, <laughs> I think that question could be asked about a number of God's people what are you doing here come on now what are you doing here <laughs> he asked him that question twice and then he told him to go out and stand up on the mount and the Lord passed by and there was a great and strong wind. Remember that? And uh, then there was an earthquake and then after the earthquake there was fire and after the fire, what came? Does anybody know? After the fire came what? A still small voice. And that's the way God wants to speak to us today. And you know where he speaks to his people? Down in here through his word. Through his word. And you know what? He can, he can warn you about something and tell you that's wrong. You need to stop that. Or maybe you're doing something too much. You're, you're spending too much time in a good thing. You need to change your activity and go to something else. How many are still with me this morning? Amen. God speaks to us in a still small voice. Remember, he spoke to David once. He said, he asked him, he said, shall I go down and attack the Philistines? And he inquired of the Lord, and he told him, thou shalt not go up, but fetch a compass around. And he said, come over against them, against what? The mulberry trees. And he'd have to know what a mulberry tree was, wouldn't he? And he came over to, to watch the mulberry trees. And he said, 
When you see the moving, the going in the tops of the mulberry trees, a very, very soft wind, a very quiet message, just a little moving of the leaves of the mulberry trees. And then he said, bestir thyself. You know, we had a professor one time in college who said, God won't use a cannon to knock a jaybird off the limb. God speaks to us in a still, small voice within us. He's able to get the message. There's one other thing the voice is going to, of the Lord is going to do. It's going to come to call one day. Look in John chapter 5, verse 25. John chapter 5, verse 25, Jesus speaking here. He said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the hour is coming, and now is, when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God, and they, shall hear, they that hear shall live. The day is coming when he's going to come and call, and they that hear shall live. For as the fa Father hath life in himself, so hath he given to the Son to have life in himself, and hath given him authority to execute judgment also, because he is the Son of Man. Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming in which all that are in the grave shall hear his voice, and shall come forth. They that have done good unto the resurrection of life, and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. They're going to hear his voice. The grave, those in the grave, are going to hear the voice of the Lord. He's going to come calling one day. And the Bible says that the dead in Christ shall rise first. That we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with him in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. I hope today you're listening for that voice. But for those who've gone on into eternity, those that are saved, they're going to hear the voice first. And they're going to be raised. They're going to be raised first. And the, some are going to be raised to the resurrection of life, and some to the resurrection of damnation. People think they get away with sin in this world. They can live any way they want to, do anything they want to. But my friend, there is a judgment one day, and the dead that have rejected Christ, that are not saved, are going to be brought up one day to that great white throne judgment. And they're going to be told exactly why they're going into the lake of fire forever. You know, if we got what we deserve, and I know this has been said many times, but if we got what we deserve, we'd all end up in hell or in the lake of fire. But thank God for his mercy. We have heard the voice of conviction. Those of us who are saved, we've heard the voice of conviction. And we've received the Savior. And we have that hope. If Jesus comes back before we leave this world, we'll go to be with him. But if we go on before he comes, when he comes, he's going to call us up. We'll hear that voice. The voice of the Lord is powerful. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Heads bowed and eyes closed. How many can lift your hand today and say, by that, you need not speak a word. By an uplifted hand, you would say, I've heard that voice of conviction in my life. I've trusted Jesus as my Savior. I know I'm saved today. I can lift my hands as a testimony. You lift it up. Would you lift it up? Say, I know that Jesus has saved me. There was a time when I trusted him. You don't lift your hand just because somebody else did, but 
Let it because you know down in your heart that you're saved and you know that everything is all settled as far as your sin's concerned. Let's see, let's see again. I lift it up again. If you're not, if you know you're saved, you know that there was a time in your life when you trusted Jesus as your Savior. You know if you died, that you'd go to be with the Lord. All right, thank you. For one reason or another, a number of people did not raise their hand. We want to extend an invi invitation, an invi invitation to you today to come and trust the Savior. You say, what do I have to do? You just come forward. You have that desire. You know you're not saved. You just come forward. And you'll be shown. You let the pastor know or whoever's here in the front to help you. You let them know that you are not sure about your salvation. You're not sure about heaven. And they will take the Bible or point somebody and take the Bible and show you how this can be answered. You can know for sure. Father, now as we look to you in Christ's name, we pray that you'd speak to hearts, Lord Jesus, for those several people that did not raise their hand. I pray, God, in Christ's name, Lord, uh, maybe they didn't understand, but Lord, uh, if they did understand and they didn't raise their hand, indication that they're not saved, I pray, God, in heaven that you'd help them to come and trust you today to be saved. May they hear your voice speaking to their hearts today. And may they respond to your voice. May they not run from it like Adam and Eve did in the garden after they had gone into sin. But may they come, Lord, and bring their sin to you and have their sin cleansed away and be given a new life. So it will be, as they sang a while ago, a new day. We ask this in Christ's name and for his sake. Amen. Shall we stand? And if you need to come today to talk to God, the altar is open, would you come? Would you come? God's spoken to your heart. Would you just play just as I am, please? Julia. You come just as you are. Would you come today? You're not sure you're saved. Would you step out? Who would come? Would you come today? God's spoken to your heart. Have you heard his voice today? A voice of conviction. Would you come? A voice that's calling you uh, to humble yourself before the Lord, to admit your need. Would you come today? Would you come while God's people are praying? Would you come?
Well, heads are still bowed and eyes closed. It's really not late. I, I asked those who knew they were saved to lift their hand a while ago. Now I'd like to ask those who would say, I'm an uplifted hand, I'm not sure I'm saved. But there's a number of people that did not lift their hand, at least I did not see. And you're just, not just admitting that you're lost, but indicating by a lifted hand that I'm, I want prayer for my need. I want to know this thing is settled before I leave this world. I tell you too, the Bible says it's a terrible thing to fall into the hands of a living God. I want that still small voice to speak to me. Twice when it's mentioned the Bible is talking to his people. It said the voice was not in the not in the earthquake, not in the wind, not in the fire, to his prophet, but it was a still small voice that was to that prophet. And that's the kind of voice I want to hear in this world. And I want to tell you something, if you reject the Savior, the time is coming when the voice is going to be very harsh because it's a terrible thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Would you let me pray for you? Would you lift your hand? And by that you're saying, remember me in prayer. I'm not sure I'm saved, but I do want to get this thing settled in my life. I wish you'd pray for me. I'll lift my hand. Anyone with that need? Yes. Anyone else? Would you lift your hand? By that you're saying, remember me in prayer. Remember me in prayer. I'm not sure I'm saved. Would you pray for me? I lift it up. Father in heaven, uh, you've seen his hand's been raised. You know the need, God, and you know what the answer is. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you'd meet the need in this heart. Father, where it's assurance or salvation or whatever it might be. And for others, oh God, that couldn't raise their hand, I pray, Father in heaven, that you'd speak to them and bring that conviction that's needed. May your voice speak through all the darkness and the clouds and deal with them in a very real way. We ask it in Christ's name and for his sake. Amen. Let's sing another verse. If you'd like to come today, would you come? Brother, just go ahead. Just as I am, though tossed about with many a conflict, many a doubt, people said amen we'll praise it you know one of the things to listen you got to tune in amen and we've got to train ourselves to hear that voice that the Lord has for us you may be seated have one more opportunity tonight at six o'clock and uh, brother Marshall will be preaching again tonight and uh, we're going to uh, at this time have families get ready uh, somebody will go back to the children's church and let brother Ted know and um, maybe uh, Jessica could have you play the piano for us and then we can go get Esther we're going to do the offering after the dedication okay and so uh, 
You can just sit up here. We've got a new piano player working for our uh, uh, offertory today, uh, Sean Lim. And so uh, let's get the uh, families ready. And, Dad, if you'll come, I'm just going to – Peter, would you grab the Bibles and the certificates off the countertop there? Yeah, we can do it right down here in the front. And, again, this is a, uh, a special time. It is just more of a dedication of the parents than it is of the children. And uh, maybe, Brother Franz, you could lead us in a verse or two of uh, 598, Standing on the Promises. Let's all stand, and we'll just sing that here. my King, through eternal ages let His praises ring. Glory in the highest I will shout and sing, standing on the promises of God. Standing, standing, standing on the promises of God, my Savior. Standing, standing, I'm standing on of God, standing on the promises that cannot fail, when the howling storms of doubt and fear assail, by the living word of God I shall prevail, standing on the promises of God, standing, standing, standing on the promises of God, my Savior, standing. I'm standing on the promises of God, standing on the promises of Christ the Lord, bound to him eternally by love's strong cord, overcoming daily with the Spirit's sword, standing on the promises of God, standing, standing. Standing on the promises of God, my Savior, standing, standing. I'm standing on the promises of God. Standing on the promises I cannot fall. Listening every moment to the Spirit's call. Resting in my Savior as my all in all. Standing on the promises of God. Standing, standing. Standing on the promises of God, my Savior. Standing, standing. I'm standing on the promises of God. You may be seated. In the book of Psalms, uh, going back to that old book, Psalms chapter 127, Psalm 127, in verse 3, it says, Lo, children are a heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. As arrows on the hand are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. 
Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. Blessed is everyone that feareth the Lord, that walketh in his ways. For thou shalt eat the labor of thy hands. Happy shalt thou be, and it shall be well with thee. Thy wife shall be as a fruitful vine by the sides of thine house. Thy children like olive plants round about thy table. Behold, that thus shall the man be blessed that feareth the Lord. The Lord shall bless thee out of Zion, and thou shalt see the good of Jerusalem all the days of thy life. Yea, thou shalt see thy children and children's children in peace. Thou shalt see thy children's children in peace upon Israel. So there the Lord tells us that <coughs> children are heritage of the Lord, and it's a blessing. Happy is the man, and thus shall a man be blessed that feareth the Lord. And so we're going to have uh, those who are going to be having their children dedicated to the Lord this morning come on up and we're going to, uh, first of all, give you a certificate. Uh, there's Melanie Grace and Simon John. Is that Pasika? How do you say that? Pasika? Is that right? And we have Theodore George Manzura III. What a handle. And Esther Susanna Monturo. Let me see. That's it, right? So what we're going to do is give you a Bible here. And where is Melanie? She's a... And Simon? Teddy? And over here is uh, a camera. <laughs> and, uh, Esther. And we'll give you the, go ahead and give you this certificate. Okay. Okay, Melanie Grace. Uh, can you hold all that? Simon? What are you doing down there, Simon? <laughs> and Theodore George Manzura III. And as soon as this, take them up, what I usually do is take them up in the arms and bless them one at a time. We have quite a crowd here. So if that's all right with everybody, I'll just pray over you. And as it's been explained, it's been explained to you that um, this is really, you know, it doesn't take a village to raise a family. Amen? It, it really takes a family to raise a family. <laughs> I mean, to raise a child. It takes a family to raise a child. And a family to raise a family. It takes a church to help. And uh, this is not uh, some kind of special grace that's going to be uh, imparted to these little ones this morning. But what these parents are saying is, there, uh, is that grandma helping? What, what uh, these parents are saying today is that uh, we are asking you to pray for us as we raise this child and help us in the way that is delineated in the Bible and how a church is supposed to help and encourage and have the word preached and so on. And so uh, we uh, charge you to uh, live an example before these little ones that they might be raised uh, to come to know God eventually and give their life to him. And it's not, as I said, we don't baptize, we don't sprinkle, but we 
do like Hannah did in the Old Testament, brought Samuel in and lent him to the Lord. And he was the Lord, he said, as long as he lived. And so uh, that's really what we're doing. And I've seen God bless this. I really believe he blesses it. So let's have a word of prayer, and we're going to ask the Lord to bless each one of these. Father, we come to you today, and we ask, Lord, that you'd be, Lord, with each one. We pray for Melanie, and we pray for Simon. We pray, Lord, for uh, Esther. We pray for Teddy, Lord Jesus, that you'd lay your hand upon their lives. We pray for them, God, that they would uh, come to know you and uh, serve you, God, and sell out their lives to you. And we pray, Lord, for each uh, uh, one of parents here that they would live a godly life, endeavor to be faithful to your house, endeavor to set an example before their children. And you could give them grace and strength and wisdom and your power to uh, carry out, Lord, the plan you have for their lives that they might uh, be the parents they should be. And we just thank you for each one, Lord, and ask your blessing on each one. We give you praise and glory for them in Christ's name. Amen. We'll sign it. After the service is over, every we're going to ask the parents to come up here and and uh, sign those certificates. Then you can take them home. And the paper really imparts nothing except a memory. Amen. And it's something also that as you get older, you as your children grow up, you can show them and say, "Now listen, this is what we have for your life." We we are. I remember my parents. They told me, "said Listen, we don't care." what job God calls you to do. We just want you to do the job that God has called you to do. And that will give your children more confidence to say no to the things of the world and yes to the things of the Lord. Amen. And so that's the significance of that. And um, yes, I, we've, we believe in dedicating our children. And so it's kind of hard for me to get up here and do my own. So when Grandpa's in, uh, we get this done, and it's a wonderful privilege uh, to do that. Now, we are Baptist Church, and it is Sunday morning, and uh, we haven't taken an offering yet. we got to let Sean play the piano. Amen? So if we could have our ushers come at this time, uh, we'll receive this morning's offering. Just give as unto the Lord.
blessing on the offering this morning. Holy Father, thank you for allowing us to gather in your name. We praise you for using Brother Marshall and your family. We thank you for um, the um, message and the preachings through your word. We ask you the blessing for the um, uh, children's dedication and also the offering that we have to furtherance of your work. In your most precious name, our Lord Jesus Christ, we thanks everything. Amen. Amen. Yes, just want to remind you tonight, our evening service, and we have a special uh, song tonight. Um, I think it's two banjos and a guitar. And uh, Brother Grady's worked up an arrangement. Stephen's going to have his banjo debut tonight. And so uh, uh, it won't be anything like what Brother Grady does, but he's trying. Amen? you got to start somewhere. And uh, you take the talents got you have now and dedicate them for the, to the Lord, and then you'll be able to do something later on. Amen? But if you never start, nothing happens. And uh, that's what we're trying to do here at this whole meeting is let the Lord start that work. There's no way you can solve uh, or that God will solve every problem in your life in the four simple days of this meeting. But you put yourself under that extra preaching. I'll tell you, we had uh, the best men's breakfast I think I have ever been to anywhere. That was great yesterday. And the preaching was just as good as the food. Amen. And uh, that doesn't always happen at a Baptist meeting, does it? <laughs> and so we, we just praise the Lord for that. And I, I heard that the ladies had a wonderful time at the luncheon. We got one more shot tonight, okay? And then we'll see what uh, the Lord has in store. Also, just mark down on your calendar, Saturday, October 14th, if you have children ages 4 through 12, uh, we're having a special children's meeting that afternoon. And all the churches are working on that. Brother Shaw's heading it up, and several people from our church are helping out, and uh, uh, several from the Spanish-language church. And so it's going to be a great time if you fall in those age brackets. Uh, I tried last time. They wouldn't let me in. But uh, I'll tell you, it'll be a good time for all the kids. There's flyers on the visitor's table. Make sure you get those things. And uh, as soon as uh, the crowd dies down just a little bit, we'll need uh, the families here back up front, and we're going to sign those certificates so you can take it home, and we'll take some other pictures there and make sure we got some good pictures. All right, so Brother Franz, you come and lead us as we're dismissed. 705, if you need the words. Take the name of Jesus with you child of sorrow and of woe. It will joy and comfort give you. Take it and where you go. 